0: Welcome to In the Know with Erin Glow, a podcast bringing you information and inspiration from people in all walks of life. This is the Halloween Special, Part 2. Hey guys, welcome to Part 2 of the Halloween Special on In the Know with Erin Glow like part one we're going to be discussing horror movies the top five modern horror movies we're going to dig deep into the most i would say famous modern horror films from the mid-90s and up first up scream 1996 directed by wes craven the plot a year after the murder of her mother teenage girl is terrorized by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. Now, this was the first scary movie that I actually bought on VHS, (laughs) and I absolutely loved it. We're introduced to a new type of killer called Ghostface, who is voiced by Roger Jackson, and the movie starred Drew Barrymore, Nev Campbell, Skeet Ulrich, Matthew Lillard, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, Rose McGowan, and Jamie Kennedy. So this is again we're back to a serial killer chasing after teenagers, and the killer actually ends up having a tie to the main character. And that continues throughout the rest of the films that they made. Takes place in Woodsboro, California. You see them at school, you see them as in a residential neighborhood like Halloween, and there's a huge party scene at the end where everything goes down. Now this one I originally saw When I was a kid, um, my brother introduced me to it. But I also was interested in it because I used to be a huge fan of, um, well, I still am, but Party of Five with Nev Campbell. It was one of her first big films. She also did The Craft, but that immediately drew me in. But I think in general, it drew people in because it had a lot of big stars at that time. You had Courtney Cox, who was also on Friends, which was a huge show. So, yeah, great, great movie. It really played an homage to a lot of other horror movies. Wes Craven did a really good job with that. What do you guys think about this movie?
1: Uh, I love it. It's my favorite horror movie ever, without a shadow of a doubt. Probably my second favorite movie in general (laughs) ever. Um, I really could go on for hours and hours. I could quote the whole thing practically from beginning to end if I'm watching it. Seen it probably a hundred times. So, yeah, I could keep going. So maybe they should chime in. (laughs)
0: Okay, well, come on, I had one of the most iconic opening scenes of any horror movie Oh my god Drew Barrymore gets killed within, what, the first seven minutes?
1: Yeah, honestly, I would say one of the most iconic opening scenes in general, not just horror
2: Yeah I beg to differ You (laughs) don't like Scream, but you can't (laughs) sit
1: there and tell me that that opening scene is not iconic
2: When was it? It was at least a year or so ago, right? um me and derek were talking and he's like and i told him i I don't like scream i thought it was too campy too i thought it was just eh you know what I mean? it had nothing to do with the cast or anything i was just like i thought i'm gonna be honest i thought the mask was stupid i thought you know you kind of knew who kind of did it at the end type deal like you knew it was one of the kids it's one it, it was during that time of you know they were pushing out horror movies and they were put in the title horror on them. And it was like, I know what you did last summer, wrong turn scream. And it was just like too much. So I never really gave scream a chance, but I did when Derek was like, we got to watch this. And he had me watch and I will vouch for him. He does know every word (laughs) of the first movie. Cause we would watch it on discord and um, he re- like half the time I wasn't even listening to the movie because he was, you know, saying every word verbatim. Like he knew everything, um, and he got me to watch it. I will say I did enjoy the show. That gave me, you know, like it had more of a thinker. Like it had me think a little bit more.
0: But that um, also, had but the just like, movies- gave you more time to do that too. This is yeah, like it you was
2: can- a build up.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it's unfair to compare well, an hour and a half movie to two-season show. Of several That's the yeah. thing,
2: too. You can't really compare them to, but if we're going to say that, you know, the sc- Scream, you know, the what is it? Like a dynasty like that. It has its own cult, yeah. Movies, too. Yeah, it has its own cult following. And I'm not putting any shade onto that. You know, like what you like. Watch what you want to watch. It doesn't matter what anybody says. I just didn't really... Enjoy it as much as I wanted to, though I wanted to. I just didn't enjoy it.
0: I think too. What what made it so popular is it wasn't just about the scariness of it. It was like just teenage kids. They there are a lot of funny moments in the film. It was almost like watching a teen film, but you had a little twist of a killer in it. And I think it was almost like you know those teen shows back in the day were really popular. You like and and Scream, I think really was the first of the 90s to really make an impact and then you had I don't know I know what you did last summer and you had what was the other one there yeah. was another one um,
1: Yeah, no. Scream revived the horror specifically slasher genre because it was dead for like almost 10 years at that point and it I helped think, restart it
2: yeah I think that's why I'm I don't know if, there, if this is the right word I'm jaded or something like that I didn't enjoy it, but I will say this, I enjoyed it more watching it with somebody else like Derek than I would have if I watched it on my own. It would have felt like a chore if I watched it on my own, but I watched it. It's a good movie to watch with other people around. Right. The concept of the movie, the only, you know, redeeming quality I saw of it is that they made fun of it. They made fun of the whole horror genre. Yeah, right, you know, all the way to psycho. that. Yeah, that's the charm of it. But that's the only th- other than that. I mean, I could do without, you know, I, and it has nothing to do with the actors or anything. But, but the, the main story of it, I, I just wasn't into. But the little parts where they're making fun of the whole genre. I was like, oh, I like this. Because when you're self-aware that you're in a horror movie, you're going to be going, oh, I know what's going to happen. I can't hit that front door or I should not go run upstairs. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, we cannot have sex right yeah. now. Cause I know what's going to happen. Like, that's funny. I like that, but is yeah. it horror? No, it's I, not. It's funny. I think
1: that's why, well, no, I disagree there. It's horror too, but I think that's why I love it too, because it's, it's way ahead of its time in term being in terms of being so meta. And that's all Wes Craven. Cause he did the same thing with, Wes Craven's a new nightmare, which you touched on earlier. Aaron was mm-hmm. Heather Lanning Camp playing Heather Lanning Camp, who played Nancy in the. Like it was just all just so
2: meta and real, and West Craven is just a genius at that. Yeah, I, I will give props to West Craven. I will. I just, I don't know. I, and when I say it's not horror, I didn't mean the movie's not horror. Clearly, it's a horror movie. Yeah. I'm. I meant like the part that I liked. It was. It was like me sitting around with a bunch of friends you know that's what I liked but the movie is good to watch with other people like I would watch it again with Derek or y'all you know what I mean
0: yeah I think it's interesting too because you said you saw you knew who the killer was going to be see I agree and I disagree because I think the way they did it was really clever where you're like, oh, it's Billy. Yes, of course it's Billy. But then they twist it around and it's also Stu. And you're like, hmm, two killers. Never thought about that. And I think now you look at movies and you're like, oh, it could be two killers. But back then, that was not the case. It was always one killer besides Friday the 13th. But I mean, like one killer in the whole, you know, the the movie itself. Whereas this time it was two and it was people right under their nose And it was people you kind of grew to like in a little bit of a way, Uh, especially Stu with this, you know, sense of humor. And you're like, (laughs) oh, you know, he's cool. He's a cool dude. And then you're like, I I don't know about anybody else. But I remember when I found out he was a killer, I was almost kind of sad. I was like, oh, oh, we're supposed to like Stu. And now if we like him, that's not good because he's killing people. And why does he have to be the killer? Why couldn't he just... You know, uh,
2: peer pressure. He's far too <laughs> sensitive. <laughs> See, it does have one good liners. I will say that. Yeah, so I mean, liners.
0: you had that, and then I think it was also maybe too where it was different from maybe this is just my age because I watched this movie a lot more than than the classic ones because they were older and I was younger. But Halloween, for instance, can you remember every every character in Halloween besides Jamie Lee Curtis? I can't. What about Friday the 13th? I can't.
1: Definitely not Friday. Right? (laughs) So it's like killer fodder.
0: But where Scream, I remember, you're like, okay, of course, you have this person. And I feel like they put a lot more, maybe they didn't, maybe it's just because I watched it a lot. But for me, at least, I felt like I knew each character and I felt closer to each character instead of just focusing on on one main character. Even though Sydney was like the main character, you still knew a lot of the others and you felt closer to the others.
1: No, I agree. Totally. Especially horror movies in general don't necessarily tend to put a lot of focus on you getting to know the character, especially like I said, Friday the 13th is just they don't even want you to get to know the characters. They're just introduce them, kill them off. Whereas Scream, they mm. especially Sydney, They want you to get invested in her backstory and feel bad and you grow to like Stu and you're conflicted about Billy and Jamie. So you, they want you to get invested in them. So if they do die off, it's more like meaningful.
0: Yeah. And just, I mean, I have to mention definitely saddest, saddest moment for me was in the second one when Randy got killed.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Oh, Randy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was like they combined a lot of different things. You had the grieving aspect of the teenager. You had the love story between, you know, um, Dewey and Gail. You had the geek, obviously, who trying to get the girl just a lot of different storylines in one but they were more impactful I think than if they were just like uh, easy to miss in other movies uh, so you had a lot of good killer scenes you had Drew Barrymore scene you had the garage door scene um wh- what other movie thought of that I mean that's very <laughs> unique way to die I would say
1: yeah I think, too, that one definitely stands out because the one negative I would say about Scream and kind of the franchise as a whole is it's not. Ghostface isn't the most creative killer. He's just kind of got the knife glued to his hand and they're not the most gory. And that's why that garage scene sticks out so much because such a plain movie in terms of kills thinks of something like that. I don't know.
0: Right. And then we have, but we have to mention. You know, Tony was saying about suspecting killers when you find out who it is. It wasn't just finding out it was two killers. It was the fact that they were, you know, stabbing themselves to really try to get yeah. away with this. You never saw that before. That was a new thing, I, a new twist to me, at least, for, for Wes Craven to put that in there.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I... I was thinking, you know, Silence of the Lambs kind of did that. But again, Scream is supposed to adopt every horror movie and every horror movie kind of cliche. That's what I liked about it. That's the the redeeming quality for me. But I can see how other people would like it.
0: Yeah, you're so, like, considerate. (laughs) And your your negativity is so considerate.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, there's a lot of horror movies that, i simply adore and you guys would be like the hell's wrong with you yeah. and i'm just like it's a, yeah you know and i you know i don't want people to think that i'm just dogging this no i mean it has some redeeming qualities but is it my go-to no this is derek's category
0: you <laughs> <laughs> no, no, i think it, it just depends on who you are when you see it how you see it how it's impacted your life number of things
1: yeah I also just have a lot of nostalgia with it too, because I watched it so right. much as a kid with my cousins.
0: Yeah, me too. Okay, so sequels and spinoffs. Scream two, 1997. You had Nev, David, Courtney, Jamie return. New characters uh, brought on. Jerry O'Connell played a character. Jada Pinkett, Liev Schreiber it was a continuation of the first film. Scream Three, two thousand. Nev, David, Courtney, Liev Schreiber um, return. Then you had. Scream 4, 2011. Big jump there. They thought they were over with Scream 3. Let's add on a fourth. You had Nev, David, and Courtney. And then you were introduced to new characters. uh, Emma Roberts, Rory Culkin, one of the Culkin brothers. And Hayden Panettiere, who was pretty big at that time. Scream 5, a.k.a. Scream, 2022. This is one highly anticipated movie. They're very secretive about it. Uh, All we know is it's going to be starring Nev again, as well as Courtney and David. We don't know the plot. Uh, There are a few new characters. We know it's about a killer chasing after these kids, but how did the old characters tie in? There's been lots of rumors. Don't really know yet, but definitely going to be interesting to see. They had Scream, the television series, from 2015 to 2019. And that was loosely based on the movie in the sense that it's about teenagers in school being chased by a serial killer. Roger Jackson only voiced Ghostface in Season 3. They didn't have the rights to the Ghostface mask until Season 3 either, so they used another similar mask in the first and second seasons. A little bit of fun facts here. When Henry Winkler, who plays the principal in Scream, opens the closet, his black leather Fonzie jacket from Happy Days is actually hanging on it. Joaquin Phoenix turned down the role of Billy Loomis. And finally, Melissa Joan Hart, Brittany Murphy, Melanie Linsky, who was in Heavenly Creatures, and Melinda Clark auditioned for the role of Sidney Prescott. Moving on to The Blair Witch Project 1999. This movie was directed by Daniel Merrick and Eduardo Sanchez. Now. This is found video footage uh, that tells the tale of three film students who've traveled to a small town to collect documentary footage about the Blair Witch, a legendary local murderer. Over the course of several days, the students interview townspeople and gather clues to support the tale's veracity. But the project takes a frightening turn when the students lose their way in the woods and begin hearing horrific noises. Characters in this film, they use their real-life names, Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard. The plot of the movie, obviously, one of the first found footage movies out there, took place deep in the woods. They were hiking. It was very realistic since the whole movie was from the point of view of a small camera that someone was holding. Lots of rumors went around when this first came out that it was actually real. And they even put like something in the beginning, I believe, that said it was a true story. But it really wasn't. But that was the whole effect of the movie. They wanted you to think it was real. It looked real. That was the creepiest thing about this movie to me, is it actually looked real. Watching this movie, even though not a lot really happens until the very end, it was creepy because it looked like you were going on the walk with them. It was from their point of view. It was very different. It felt very realistic. And I think that's why it became so huge. It kicked off the found footage films. took place in Burkittsville, Maryland. And yeah, I mean, it was eerie. What do you guys think?
1: I actually just saw it for the first time earlier today to prepare uh, because I generally can't stand found footage films. There's just I can never get into them with the shaky cameras and they just have never been my thing. With that being said, it's probably one of the better ones I've seen, even though I haven't seen many. I just I don't know. It's just not my thing. But um. Obviously I've seen like the ending scenes before not necessarily the end but when she's kind of recording her face all close up it's kind of like an iconic scene everyone's seen that um and I just didn't think it was the creepiest I get I get what you're saying about it kind of feeling real and that being the creep factor but maybe it's just because I just don't like found footage that I just can't even get creeped out but yeah it's just definitely not my thing
0: Okay
2: I remember when this movie came out and a big shout out to my amazing Little Uncle Billy, he took me and at the time of the release, uh, my um, my best friend at that time, he took us to go see The Blair Witch. And this is during the hype of it of, you know, everybody thought it was real. Everybody thought it was real until the MTV Movie Awards when they actually came out to get the, the awards. And so we all thought it was real. And it was slow-paced, but it was... An opening to a new type of horror. That's when the whole found footage thing, they started making, you know, The Entity, Paranormal Activity, which is, Paranormal Activity is kind of played out by now, but it made, you know, this different type of horror. And I appreciate it, and I have fond memories of it. And when I saw it in the movie theater, I was so scared. I could not sleep for days because, again, they had that whole, you know, hush-hush about it. We really thought that these three people were were somewhere <laughs> in Burkittsville. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, we – at that time, and um, I just really appreciate it. And it's a fond memory I have of my uncle because I don't think he knew what he was into. Like, when we got there, he, he probably didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was. But we enjoyed ourselves. But when I got home at night, uh-uh. I was right. not sleeping. So I really, really like – I like uh, the Blair Witch Project, and I also like um, Book of Shadows as well, even though that wasn't found footage. Um, But I appreciate the lore into it, because the Blair Witch had more than, oh, there's just a witch. There was also the whole entire, the madman, I forgot his name, you know, Coffin Rock. There was more to it than just the witch, but it all circled around missing people and missing children. And it was just really interesting and in the whole lore about it. You know, you gotta sit down. There's a lot of YouTube videos out there of the lore of it, and you gotta sit down and listen to it. And I think you would really like appreciate it more if you heard the whole story. And I think they really should have put all that information into future movies instead of making that that Blair Witch movie. What when did that Blair Witch movie come out? The new one? 2018? Uh, 2016.
0: 2016.
2: Yeah, that was, that was horrible. And that was kind of like a, why did you do yeah. that? But they did redeem themselves with the uh, Blair Witch video game. That was really good. Right.
1: Yeah, I definitely appreciate, like, I, I can respect the, the movie and the start of the found footage things. I definitely, and, and like I said, for being found footage, it did start off slow, but but I did like the aspect of the three people just kind of driving themselves crazy and turning against each other mm-hmm. because they're in these woods and they didn't believe it was real. And now they're kind of starting to think, oh, maybe it is. They're finding like the, I don't you call them effigies, but those things built around. And I, I did like that. If it Honestly, if it wasn't found footage, I probably would have really enjoyed it. It's just like, it, it's something in me. I really should try to give them a chance. I just, I don't know how to, I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, you know, if it's not your thing then it's not your thing. You're not, you know, if you're not into like the found footage, then uh, don't watch this at all. But if you want to know more about it, there is resources out there. I mean, it's, um, it's an interesting lore about it and that's captivating. I just wish they would focus on that other than what they made in 2016.
3: My opinion of the movie, I get to see it when I was a kid too, but, um, and it, it, you know, it scared me shitless as usual, but, um, <laughs> Yeah it's funny because like now as an adult I look at it and I hate the damn movie especially mm-hmm. especially being in the paranormal field I hate it because the lore behind it and the story of the Blair witch and all that is absolutely amazing and it's an amazing history but I don't like how the movie's made no just do, no
2: Do you mind me asking is it like like is is it offensive or is it what what is it
3: I mean, as as an adult and being, I guess, being in the paranormal f- field. It, okay, perfect example. And I'm, we're going to talk about this later. It reminds me of Zach in lockdown. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. It's very, it's, it's very, grabby. not so much grabby, but it's very overreacted. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. No, no, I get, I get what you're like, saying. It's the whole, um, you're dying to have something, so you're going to they asked for something that they couldn't handle. Oh yeah. And then when yeah, they got yeah. it, then when they got it, you know, they they couldn't handle what they asked for. But that did I I do believe the Blair Witch project um introduced more paranormal groups to come out like taps and Oh yeah, but
3: 100% but it also brought out the freaks. Um, you know, yeah. the people that would trespass onto land and yeah. um things like that. And that, I guess that's part of the reason why I don't like it. I mean, as a kid, yeah, it's a scary movie. It gives you those jump scares. It gives you that edgier seat, what's going to happen next type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then scares the living crap out of you. But as an adult and then being in the field, I don't like the movie.
2: Now, do you, would you say it motivates uh, amateurs and kids to go do what that what happened like do you think is that what it is is i I mean because we've we've dealt with we dealt with amateurs and people who just want to get scared and that's not what we do
3: yeah i mean that's all well and great if if you want to take a camera and go out in the middle of the woods and film yourself and and follow like the backstory of where you're at that's all well and great but just the way just like Derek said, you know, it's one of those like found films like, you know, these kids are missing and they find they find the films of them and stuff like that. Just the way it was made, it it made people amateurs. I mean, we were all amateurs at one point in, 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 in the career of it, but it makes amateurs think they're professionals and then they go and they trespass on land and they make us look bad.
2: I mean, I can see that. I can see that point. But I, I, how can I put this? Be smart about what you do. If you want to, you know, create your own story or you want to go out there and search for something like a, a lore or, you know, some urban legend of your city or your town or your state you know, go out there and do it. Hell, I live in Boston. We are like ground zero of paranormal activity. Like I live in the Bridgewater Triangle. There is stuff that goes on and I strongly believe in it, but be safe about it. Mind, you know, the people around you. I I understand that. I just think that, I don't think that per se takes away from the movie so much. Does that make sense? I mean, it's a great movie. The sequel is, you know, have have you guys seen the sequel? No, I haven't. It's Book of Shadows. I only remember one person in it. They played it exactly the same as the Blair Witch. They all used their real names. I only remember one person, Kim, director, and they did. They kind of did it in between f- uh, found footage and actual movie. And when it came out, I was like, yeah, you know, because yeah, I was a teenager when it came out. So, of course, I was going to like it. But um, I think that movie was better than the 2016. I'm, I'm just bitter about the to- – like, why did you even pay for that?
0: Okay. So, yeah, sequels and spinoffs. Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2, 2000, revolves around a group of people who are fascinated by the original film and go in the same location it was filmed to search around. Blair Witch Part 3, uh, 2016 direct sequel to the first one. Fun facts about the movie To promote discord between actors, the directors deliberately gave them less food each day of shooting. It took eight days to shoot the film, but eight months to edit it. Just like this podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, To maintain the film's fear factor, the three main actors agreed to stay in character for the entire eight days of filming. Periodically, if an actor had to break from character, then the remaining two actors also had to break from character, but only after collectively reciting their safety word, TACO. Okay, moving on to The Ring, 2002, directed by Gore Verbinski. Plot? uh, It sounds just like another urban legend. A videotape filled with nightmarish images leads to a phone call foretelling the viewer's death in exactly seven days. Newspaper reporter Rachel Keller is skeptical of the story until four teenagers all die mysteriously exactly one week after watching just such a tape. Allowing her investigative curiosity to get the better of her, Rachel tracks down the video and watches it. Now she has just seven days to unravel the mystery. So Naomi Watts played in this movie, uh, one of her first big movies. Brian Cox was also in this movie. It's actually a remake of the 1998 Japanese horror film Ring. This movie gave me poltergeist vibes. Um, It's supposed to take place in Seattle, Washington, suburban residential area, and an island off the coast of Washington. So I think this movie paved the way for um, English language remakes of Asian horror films, such as The Grudge, Dark Water, Shudder, and The Eye. What do you guys think about this one?
1: I love it. Uh, I think it's one of the more creepier movies ever, honestly. Like, I remember, especially as a kid, it scared the hell out of me. Like, it was one of those few ones that I was legitimately, like, terrified of to the point where I almost kind of bought into The Urban Legend. Like I know whenever they'd pop the tape in and the creepy things would play, I'd watch most of it, but I'd always make sure to kind of turn my head for some of it just so I didn't watch the whole thing. And I remember too, when I watched it with my cousins one time, I I could be wrong, but I feel like when we had watched it, like the phone ended up ringing like in the middle of it or after it. And I was just like, oh, hell no. And it just terrified me. Uh, I've never actually... A, I do want to see the Japanese version, though. I think it's... I think it's Ring, but I think like in Japan it was Ringu. Ringu. Yeah, um, I just generally don't like subtitles, so it's, it's another found like found footage thing. So I kind of have to get past that, but it would be interesting.
2: I don't know where it's on. It's either HBO or Netflix. They have The Grudge Origins, and, and it takes place in um Korea, right? These are Korean movies, right? Japanese, mm, Japanese, I think Japanese, Japanese. Excuse me on that. Um, and it's really worth it to read the subtitles. It's they're very talented. I mean they just came out with Squid Games.
0: And I think in Japan are you allowed to even have more of a horror factor in movies?
2: In Japan and Korea and stuff like that, they they use a lot of their lore into like into The Ring, there is a lore about, you know, the white woman with long hair. They use that and they mix in their own culture into it. And I think that's just like more interesting. The Ring came out when I was um like a freshman in high school and even at that point it scared me too. I think it was the graphics. Is it the mouth, you know when she comes through the TV and th- she kind of petrifies you? Yeah,
1: that creeped me out.
2: <laughs> it was the mouth action and and then the video itself, if you actually... I don't know, Derek, if you've actually... Now that you're older, have you seen the whole video? Yeah, no, I've seen it now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, the actual video, the VHS tape. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was cringy, too. Like, you would see, like, the finger go on the nail. You yeah. know what I'm talking yeah. about? <sighs> like, it had, like, different little creep factors to it. But I do say, if you like these remake, American remakes of the horror movies watch the originals because it's so much better. And I'm not like putting shade on it. I'm just saying get it from the source and it's so much better. Yeah.
1: I mean, especially with Japanese horror, especially with these types of lores with like the, the little girls and the, like just, just, it's a Japan thing. Like they just do it better. It's one of their things. Like with video games, they're just, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They just know how to do it and make it creepy. I don't know.
2: Yeah, because they use that model in the ring and a lot of Silent Hill video games, too. And those are horror video games. And you can tell. No,
1: I will say I not only is it creepy, but it's got a really good plot, too. Like with the story with uh, the reporter, was it Rachel, I think her name, trying to figure yeah. out not only trying to decipher where the video came from, but with samara and her past and the abuse and it's just a very unique and different story so not only is it creepy but it's got a good plot and you kind of don't usually get both of those in one movie with horror so i respect that
2: yeah there's a rush to it though i think that's what makes it good is that there's a rush to it so you're on your seat going what day is it what time is, yeah. you know what I mean? And that, <laughs> that was really, I mean, I have no complaints with ring or, you know, ring you. And I even like the other one rings. That was pretty good too. Yeah.
0: All right. So just to name the English language sequels and spinoffs rings just said 2005, it was a short film that had a similar plot to the movie, the ring Two two 2005 as well, Naomi Watts reprises her role. Uh, It's a direct sequel to the original movie. Sissy Spacek, who played Carrie in the 1976 horror, Carrie, is also in this film. And Rings, Part 3, 2017, new cast, but a continuation of the story. There was also a Japanese TV series. Fun facts. Brian Cox of Succession fame was the only actor considered to play Richard Morgan. He turned down a part in Ghost Ship, the 2002 film, to film this movie. Subtle images of circles in various forms, such as the designs on the doctor's sweater, the shower drain, and Rachel's apartment number, all appear throughout the movie. Finally, while the film takes place in Seattle, in earlier drafts of the screenplay, it originally took place in Massachusetts and Maine for the scenes involving the Morgan family. Up next, The Conjuring, 2013, directed by James Wan. Plot. In 1970, paranormal investigators and demonologists Lorraine and Ed Warren are summoned to the home of Carolyn and Roger Perone. The Perones and their five daughters have recently moved into a secluded farmhouse where a supernatural presence has made itself known. Though the manifestations are relatively benign at first, events soon escalate in horrifying fashion. Characters, so we have uh, Vera Farmiga from Bates Motel, Patrick Wilson, they play Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, who were real-life Connecticut paranormal investigators, and all the films in The Conjuring Universe are actually loosely based on cases that they investigated. They rose to fame for looking into the case that inspired the Amityville horror movie, which was about paranormal activity at a house in Amityville, New York, in 1975. So, paranormal plot here. Um, You have paranormal activity at a farmhouse in Rhode Island, was the setting. Made an impact because it really was, like, giving you that real-life paranormal story there. Not a lot of movies have done that, based on real cases. And I think... Again, it goes back to the real realistic aspect of it. I think draws people in. They want to know, "Whoa, this really happened." Whoa. You know, of course it's they dramatize it a little more for the movie, but you can go back and look at the cases they're based on. Pictures from it supposedly just it just gets creepy. What do you guys think?
2: I will say this. Um I live 20 minutes from the house. Wow. Um and when I went to go see it in the movie theater, I went as a double date and we saw it in the movie theater. And it was amazing because it was, you know, something, a house that was so close to us. And we wanted to go see the house after the movie. But I looked it up and apparently, you know, I will, this is what, this is my whole point. Okay. If there is something based on a true location and it's somebody's house, please do not go there because. The real horror story was the people who were living in that house when the movie came out. And it was so sad. It, it got shaded up here in Boston. You know, the movie was amazing, but it got shaded because of the aftermath of it because everybody wanted to go to the house. I was even guilty of it, but we decided not to go. But the movie in general, I thought was really good. Yes, you're right. It's loosely based on it. And, you know, there's some controversy there because, you know, the people who live in the house go, it's not haunted. It's not haunted. But, um, I want people to remember too, the conjuring, it was about the demon being, you know, it was in the house waiting for somebody and it connected to the person, not the house. And that's what most possessions are. Most possessions aren't on the property or the house. It just so happens they linger there and they can connect to you. And I thought, you know, that scared the hell out of me. Wouldn't it scare the hell out of you? I mean, if you believed in that stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. And so it doesn't matter where you go. Once it connects to you, it connects to you and it connects to you for a reason.
0: That's terrifying.
1: Yeah, no, I personally love the movie. I think it's, I mean, it's not like my favorite or anything, but it's it's up there, especially for the more modern films. And it actually scares me, which is very hard to do with horror films because I kind of desensitized to them. But I remember I saw it in theaters, too, and it genuinely creeped me out. Even to this day, if I watch it as a grown adult, it creeps me out. So it's definitely an amazing movie. And Vera Farmiga is one of my favorite actresses. She's just amazing. So that adds to
2: it. She's the one who played Lorraine, right? yeah she also her sister is an American horror story, so it's all connected, and she's good in American horror story too um but yeah, she plays an amazing Lorraine, and I like all the conjuring movies and i and I you know I haven't gone through the whole all the Annabelle ones, but the conjuring universe is something I want to see more of, yeah,
1: yeah, I definitely am confident in saying conjuring is easily the best one in the whole year i mean they're all pretty good. Some are better than others, but I think conjuring is by far the best one.
2: I agree. Um, considering what we had beforehand when it came to horror movies, it was a good palate cleanser. It was like, yeah. Oh, this is, you know, and I think anything that is, you know, advertised as based on true events or based on, you know, real events and, you know, anything like that true story that is going to grab you because, you know, We're human. We like to see a train wreck, you know what I mean? We want to see what's going on. So that really, you know, got people's attention. I think that's what started the whole, it opened the door for us to see more based on true, you know, well, no anime Velhara did that too.
1: Yeah. And Texas chainsaw. Those are the real OGs, but yeah, I think you are seeing it kind of a little bit more now and that always just makes it more creepier because it's, Even though when you see based on a true story, nine times out of ten, a lot of the things didn't happen. They just kind of take elements. But still, the elements are still there. So it's always like, well, this could actually happen.
2: Yeah, especially the whole, um, you know, the paranormal. I I forget Lorraine and her husband. Like, that's real. Like, that, you know, they have the museum in their house. Sadly, both of them have passed away. But they were trying to do good. And... I'm one of those people. I'm not biblical by all means. I'm not a religious person. I'm more spiritual. I just, I believe in those things and I think they did good. They tried.
0: Yeah, for sure. I believe yeah. they were out to do something and they definitely made an impact.
1: And whether you or not, you believe in that kind of thing really it doesn't matter because it, they're still trying to do good. like, hey, let's just say it's all fake and none of it's real. That, doesn't matter their intentions are still trying to save people so the intentions are there even you know whatever you believe
2: yeah and they and they would tell you too they, i mean they have some cases if you look up if you ever get interested looking up their cases there's some cases where they're just like this is fake this is all in their head like they will debunk it they won't you know they didn't make up things
1: yeah
0: yeah all right sequels and prequels We had Annabelle, 2014. This came out. It was actually a prequel to The Conjuring. It was a story of a doll named Annabelle. What I found pretty interesting and funny is that one of the main characters, uh, Mia, her real name is actually Annabelle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Conjuring 2, 2016, sequel to The Conjuring. Vera and Patrick reprise their roles. Annabelle Creation, 2017, prequel to Annabelle. And it shows the Annabelle doll's origin. The Nun 2018, it's a spin-off and prequel to The Conjuring 2. It's a story about a demon, nun, and priest, and paranormal activity in 1950s Romania. The Curse of La Llorona, 2019, based on the Latin America folklore of La Llorona. Annabelle Comes Home 2019. It's a sequel to Annabelle and Annabelle Creation. It stars Vera and Patrick who reprise their roles again. And finally, The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It came out this year, 2021, sequel to The Conjuring and Conjuring 2. Um, It's based on a murder trial in 1981, Vera and Patrick return. Fun facts about The Conjuring. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga both traveled to Connecticut to meet with Lorraine Warren prior to filming. The state of Rhode Island does not require home sellers to disclose documented histories of a location's criminal activity, let alone alleged paranormal and supernatural hauntings, to potential buyers. This is why the Perones were unaware of all the previous events. And this was the first film directed by James Wan to not feature a cameo of the Billy puppet doll from the Saw film series. Moving on to the last modern horror film we're gonna be discussing in detail, Stephen King's It. And we're gonna kind of be talking about both the original miniseries from 1990 and the remake movie from 2017. The miniseries was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. The movie was directed by Andy, and I may be saying this wrong, but Andy Muschietti. Now, this miniseries and film is based on Stephen King's novel of the same name. The plot is, in 1960, preteen outcasts fight an evil demon that poses as a child-killing clown. 30 years later, they reunite to stop the demon once and for all when it returns to their hometown. So the original just showed them as kids. Movie was a remake, they also had the second, which brought them back as adults. Actors in the miniseries were Harry Anderson, John Ritter, and Tim Curry played Pennywise the clown. It was also an early role for a young Seth Green in the movie remake. Bill Skarsgård plays Pennywise. Now the plot is obvious. I mean, it's a killer posing as a clown. Clowns are generally creepy, um, so it works. I will never forget though this movie. <laughs> as a kid, I didn't even I didn't even know this miniseries existed until I had a best friend in elementary school who lived across the street from uh, the school we went to. So whenever I would go over her house, she would say, let's go play in the schoolyard when it's dark and no one's around. And we would do that. And then she would always be like, you better watch out, it's around the corner. And she would constantly say that to me. And then I was like, what is it? What are you talking about? And she said, it's a killer clown. I said, no, it's not. She said, it is, I saw the movie and he lives here. I see him at night. And I believed her, and I was freaked out. And whenever I think of this movie or the miniseries, (laughs) I think of that moment. And it's funny how things like that as a kid stick with you. So I knew who it was before I even saw the miniseries or the movie because of that friend. And it still creeps me out. So (laughs) what do you guys think about the clown aspect? It, It was supposed to take place in Derry, Maine. Uh, Mm -hmm. The kids were the victims which was another creepy factor and I mean it's supposed to be where kids are safe school playground was where my friend said he was I believed her now that I see the miniseries very similar I mean come on
2: well I don't want to be this person but Pennywise is not a demon Um, he's an intergalactical alien from the from indigenous culture that came down with the turtle. It's a thing. Believe. Just take my word for it. It's a thing. And um, that, you know, if, have you seen it chapter two? Yes. You know, when they do the, um, they go into the indigenous, um, when he goes in there to find the vessel to put, you know, Pennywise back into.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So it's an intergalactical being that came down with a turtle. It is death. Or Pennywise's death, the turtle is life, and there's Easter eggs of the turtle throughout all the movies, even the old one. And I relate to Pennywise. I would, you know, his whole thing is he likes to sleep for 27 years, wake up just to eat, and he doesn't like kids. I mean, who cannot like this movie? Or is it just me? <laughs> is it just me?
1: I mean, I like the movie, but I, I've only seen I've only seen the remake once. I don't even think I've seen part two for the remake, but I've seen the um, mini series maybe twice. So it's not one that I'm like, I don't know it from beginning to end, every little detail. I mean, I do, but it's not, it's not scream. I can't quote it.
2: <laughs> yeah. We got to watch. That's what we're going to, we're going to watch that.
0: I can quote it. You want to see me float? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I do have that shirt though. <laughs> Yeah,
2: I do, I do too. Yeah.
0: yeah, so I don't know. I do think it's another movie that kids watch that weren't supposed to when they were younger. <laughs> Luckily, I missed it because it was a miniseries and not a video I could rent at the video store.
2: <laughs> oh no, but, it was. The first one it was. Yeah, maybe later on. Oh yeah, because when it came out, when did it come out? It came out, nice. we were like four or five.
0: Miniseries were usually, you just saw them on TV at first.
2: Yeah, i never seen the miniseries. I, I have it on my list to, I think I forgot which platform it's on. I do have it on my list. I haven't seen the miniseries, but I love all the movies. I mean, you cannot love, like, Tim Curry is a god. How can you? You mean not, you haven't like, seen any? the
0: miniseries? I think the miniseries I'm, is considered the yeah. movie. Yeah.
1: The yeah, because if you the original because I've seen people get into literal fights over this. If you call it the original it a movie, they will scream at you and they will say that it is a miniseries. It's not a movie and they will go into great lengths about it.
2: <laughs> but it's in a movie format
1: now that it's been converted. But they argue that oh, that's not then, how initially, then, you know, yeah.
2: <laughs> tomatoes, tomatoes. I don't care. Come at me. You know, it it, it it's a good movie. It's a good movie and it's a classic. And I mean, you can't not like anything that Tim Curry's in. Tim Curry is magic. And I thought it was going to be literally big shoes to fill with, you know, the remake of it in it chapter two, but he, um, he did justice. He wasn't funny. Like Tim Curry was, but I appreciated it. He made Pennywise his own. Tim Curry made Pennywise his own. I like that when, people make remakes of movies and they take one character and they make it their own instead of trying to be like Tim Curry. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally.
2: So I appreciate it. I love it. Visually stimulating. Amazing. I relate to him. I get it. I get it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny too. I think, I mean, it's super popular, the original, but I think the remake is almost at this point, maybe even more popular because I remember when I saw it in the theaters and the ending happened and it said something like part two coming next summer or whatever. And the whole audience was like booing and like, oh, it's a part two. I'm like, have you guys not seen this before? Like, so I think and just with the box office success, I'd, I'd be willing to say that the remake is actually more popular at this point.
2: Um, Yeah, there was a lot of people who were new to the whole it fandom. And again, it, it, you know, I'm old. I'm 36 so i'm kind of like you don't know who pennywise is you know like but it's that new generation and they just they see a horror movie they want to go see it they don't they don't know that the full story is you know ends with them growing up and quote unquote defeating pennywise yeah i do like though that they made it instead of putting it all together in one movie they did give it time to get the origins of pennywise like in the book because in the book it explains where pennywise comes from, the turtle comes from, the universe, all this other things and Stephen King does his magical thing with a lot of his work you'll notice in like Pet Sematary he uses a lot of um, indigenous, you know, lore and you know their campfire tales and they incorporate it into his work. And he has like that appreciation. Like um, Pet Sematary was the Wendigo and it is the whole turtle And the spider, they called it the spider or the crab. And I like that. I can appreciate that. You know, when somebody takes that much time to research different things and incorporate it in to make it more than just a killer clown. We've already had a killer clown. I mean, we had John Wayne Gacy. That doesn't scare me. But Pennywise, he scares me because they put thought into it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And the red balloon come
2: on iconic (laughs) it is iconic yeah and certain
1: (laughs) things in each movie that just become like when you think of a red balloon you instantly go to it if you like hockey mask it's adjacent like there's just certain that's when you know a horror movie did its job
0: (laughs) yeah all right sequels and spinoffs again it just had it chapter two 2019 bill skarsgard returns And the kids' group, otherwise known as the Losers Club, reunites years later to take it down. Fun facts about the movie. On the DVD commentary track, the actors and actresses note that Tim Curry's characterization of Pennywise was so creepy and realistic that everyone avoided him during the filming. The gray in Mike's hair was achieved by brushing in baby powder with a toothbrush. Hmm. Alice Cooper was considered for the role of Pennywise.
1: Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the teeth prosthetics that Bill Skarsgård wore as Pennywise made him drool profusely. And so the movie was shipped to cinemas under the code name "Pound Foolish," which is the literal opposite of, to Pennywise. <laughs> if you think about it, Penny Pound. Foolish wise.
1: Oh.
0: All right, guys, that wraps up part two of the three part Halloween special. Be sure to check out the final part, part three, where we'll have an exclusive interview with one of horror movies' most terrifying killers, David Howard Thornton, who actually plays Art the Clown in Terrifier, as well as some other Halloween theme discussions like paranormal investigations true crime stories and even some campfire stories that are actually true so be sure to check out the final episode out by october 31st right where you found this one until then i hope you all glow and shine bright